It is Thursday, the 20th day of May, 2021, and we're fired up around here for a variety of reasons. Uh, the, the Bruins and the Celtics are in the playoffs. The Red Sox are shocking the world by not being a total pile of shit. Patriots rookies got in some work last week for the first time, and even the Revs are in first place early on. MLS season 2021. Don't sleep on the Revs. They're going to be very good. It's a veritable sports cornucopia around here, and it's a fucking blast. This is episode number 75. The Vince Wilfork episode. One of the best interior linemen to ever play the game, and an even better Pitch man. Bull ribs. Who the do that? You insulting my intelligence. Get the out of my face. Bull ribs. Classic. Uh, all of that. And so. Hold up a second. I forgot the best fucking part. Oh, that's right. That is fucking right. Your West Ham United. Big win on Wednesday, 3 to 1 versus West Brom, and we are packing our bags, renewing our passports, buying all kinds of fucking sunscreen and booze and peanuts and all kinds of other shit, and we are going to fucking Europe. None of you give a shit. I don't fucking care. Let's go. Come on, you irons. <laughs> Let's go. This is Complaints and Observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. Continuing Odyssey into mediocrity, guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. What is up? How are you? How you doing? Good? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um, I am woefully unprepared today. Woefully. Woefully unprepared. Uh, long day uh, of work. A lot of, lot of shit going on, so didn't have a lot of time to invest in, uh, in uh, prep. Um... I, as I mentioned before, I do this Wednesday night, so not a lot of time uh, to do, you know, the, the usual shit that I need to do, but um, so who knows, it could end up being decent, probably not, because it never is, but you know, one can never tell. Um, there is 
there's something right from the jump that I wanted to talk about. Okay. I, as I've talked about on the show, I do enjoy golfing. I like to golf. Uh, Monday, um, Monday afternoons, we have a, um, a golf league that I'm in. And I've attributed the golf league to, you know, helping me improve my game. So Monday night, uh, we tee off at uh, quarter past five. So go out there and I proceed to have the uh, single worst nine holes of my entire fucking life, which is just the timing could not be better. Going away next week, we're going to be in Myrtle Beach playing a couple rounds of golf. Um, there may or may not be a show next week, but we'll we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Not that you give a shit, but you know. Um, <clears throat> but prior to that, Sunday, played golf at Lakeville Country Club. Now, I'm going to have zero issues slamming the fuck out of this golf course, okay? What a train wreck. Honestly, it was a... Uh, a disaster. Once once we actually uh, got to the first tee box, that's where the disasters began. The tee box was, you know, fucking disgusting. Uh, dandelions everywhere. And the dandelions were a theme, a constant theme throughout the entirety of the course. Now, it's a nice course. Paid 70 bucks. For 18 holes on a cart, 70 bucks. The other problem is they've got the uh, this fucking GPS system on their carts as if somebody's going to play golf, rent a cart, and then just go home in the golf cart. I, If that happened once, I'd be shocked. But these golf carts, like if you, if you go off the cart paths, they basically shut down and you're fucked. If you try to cross the fairway, maybe you took a wrong turn, you're fucked. And that's the problem because they don't have signage to show you where the fuck to go. So you end up driving all over the place. You don't know what the fuck's going on. But by the end of the round, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, what are we what are we doing here? You know, you have a very small window in this area for golf, okay? If you're lucky, it's like March to mid-November. And you're pushing it on both ends. So you would think that the the golf establishment, if you will, would, would spend a ton of time making sure that their courses are presentable, their courses are playable, and don't look like dog shit. Lakeville Country Club, I will never give you another dime because your course looked like dog shit. Local golf around here, local golf in in the greater New England, greater Boston area is unbelievably hit or miss. So hit or miss. Because of that limited window, you're overpaying right off the top. Okay. So there's going to be at least three months out of the year where these courses are generating no revenue other than maybe a wedding. And then last year, we all know what happened last year where they couldn't do those things. So, man, oh, man, what a fucking, what a disaster. What a shit show. Really not of any importance at all, but because the entirety of the program is based upon me complaining and sounding like a douchebag, I wanted to just, you know, I wanted to slander Lakeville Country Club all over the place because I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the dandelions. It just 
was one of these things that, that stuck with me that day and is going to stick with me for a very long time. I am going to hold a grudge because of dandelions, because I'm horribly petty. I'm a petty person. Anyways, so that was the Sunday. It was uh, Monday was another course, which I'm not even going to mention because I don't have a problem with them. So I'm not even going to talk about them. There you go. Um, but, you know, that I, I just want I, I had to get that off my chest because it was something that that was bothering me. It was at the top of my uh, list, my notes, which were minimal. Minimal notes this year. One of the thing, another thing I wanted to talk about was Charles Grodin passed away. Died at 86. It's home in Connecticut. Uh, Charles Grodin was in Midnight Run, which was a good movie. He was in Beethoven, which you know, I didn't really care for. But uh, he was, I would say, top five Letterman Carson guest of all time. Do yourselves a favor. Go on to the YouTube, right? And and find uh, Charles Grodin on Letterman and on Johnny Carson. It is fucking flat out hilarious. He's just so dry. Uh, he's a very Kaufman-esque, meaning he was committed to a character, and when he went on those shows, he was like a, just a, a curmudgeon. And he was committed to being a curmudgeon uh, when he was sitting there with those two guys. So uh, excellent stuff. Please take a look. Find it. Um, you'll laugh your nuts off, I promise. <clears throat> and if you don't have nuts, you'll still laugh hard. Okay? Don't want that to be uh, deemed sexist. Because it's not. It's just a figure of speech. But whatever. Um, <clears throat> the big news, though, today here uh, on the show is I have an awesome guest. I am so pumped. Um, you know, I've been throwing out uh, various DMs on the Instagram and on the Twitter trying to get people to come on the show. I mentioned last week that I basically groveled at the feet of Jared Carabas and he ignored me. Uh, which is fine. He's a busy guy. You know, it, he spends a lot of time on that fucking stunning head of hair of his. But, um, you know, I threw one out to uh, Dino Fanari, who is the uh, one of the co-founders of Vitamin C Brewing. And he was uh, so kind and, and kind enough to agree uh, to sit with me for a little while. And I look, I told him, I said, look, I, I, I need 10 minutes. Just that's all I'm asking for. Give me 10 minutes of your time. And he's like, well, look, uh, wait, I mean, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing a voice for, well, look, this is all I'm saying. Nah, that's not how he sounds. But, you know, when you're looking at text, you're, you're, you automatically associate a voice that you've never heard to the text language. And that doesn't even, that's not even what I thought, but whatever. Um, he, he basically said, like, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it for more than 10 minutes. So I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. Let's go. Super interesting guy. Super interesting business. 
Um, the model is very, very, it's small yet big. I don't know how, how to explain it. That's, that's kind of one of the things that kind of popped into my head after I was done talking to him. It was a small, it's a small business, but with a big, uh, presence, probably the best way to put it. And, you know, you know, look, you very humble guy. You know, I'm, I'm singing praises for the company and um, showering him with thanks for um, subjecting himself to uh, a know-nothing, a beer know-nothing, and a, just a general know-nothing. He was very kind, and it was, it, was a, it was a very good conversation. At least I thought it was a good conversation. I hope he didn't hate it. Uh, fingers crossed. But um, I, I hope you, you take the time to, to listen to this. Uh, please... What I want you to do, though, right, is uh, imagine that the sound is terrific. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, imagine that the sound is excellent. Um, doing these things over Zoom <clears throat> is very, again, hit or miss. And uh, that that's what happened here. So I would hope uh, that you enjoy this interview with uh, one of the co-founders of Vitamin C, Dino Fanari. Uh, I am beyond thrilled uh, to welcome my guest this week. He is a co-founder of one of the best breweries in all of America, uh, Vitamin C Brewing out of Weymouth. I am honored and have the pleasure of welcoming Dino Fanari on the show. Dino, thank you so very much for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so listen, I am uh, a fan of the product, a fan of the company have been for a while as most drinkers in the area have. So, uh, I am uh, interested in the business of course, and then a lot of other different things. I mean, um, standing out in an incredibly crowded local market is very impressive. Uh, and then once you sort of get into the nationwide market as well, but I'm hoping you could give for the audience, uh, just the sort of quick, dirty history of vitamin C for me. So yeah, um, I mean, commercially, we uh, we opened our doors in February of 2019. Um, we had been homebrewing for years prior to uh, in my basement, and um, we just, you know, at one point, just we just kept brewing and brewing and brewing, and, and at one point, we just said, you know what, maybe we're onto something here. People seem to like it, so we uh, we decided to make that step and and um, and uh, you know write a business plan and and uh, you know talk to a bank and go that whole route and, uh, and, and find a building, which wasn't very easy. Um, and, and we opened, um, and we've, uh, like I said, we opened February of 2019. And, uh, as you know, we just got some good news from the state, uh, yesterday. So we're looking forward to being able to open our tap room back up, which has been closed since, uh, March of, of last year. Uh, you know, the background story and the history of the homebrewing. I'm kind of curious as to if there was, you know, what was the aha moment for you guys as you're actually in the basement in Hull putting beers together? What was it? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't something specific, but, you know, what was the, oh my God, aha, this is the kind of uh, thing that I think can propel us uh, to actually make a business out of this? Yeah, I mean, it's it pretty easy. I mean, we would brew all the time. We brew every weekend and the beer always sucked. And at one point we made a batch and it didn't suck. So we were like, all right, maybe we're onto something here. Like I'll, I'll take it. This is, this is, you know, maybe it's a sign of things to come, you know, and, and, and uh, in, instead of that being the anomaly, uh, the, 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 the good beer. 
it, it, um, we started to progress and we would just change little things and tweak little things. And, and every batch we would try and make it a little bit better, uh, which we, you know, we still do. Um, <clears throat> we're always trying to, to strive to, to make a better product, but that was kind of like, all right. And we'd get feedback from people and, you know, most people they were, you know, they try to be nice to you and they're like, oh yeah, it's great. You know? And it's like, you didn't even drink it, you know, or you threw it down the drain. <laughs> I hear the same um, thing. Oh, yeah, it's great. Except, you you know, you haven't listened to the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Five listeners. Great. <laughs> um, so we, we just, you know, we would just we would honestly we give, give out as much beer as we could to different people and just say, please, just just tell us. I mean, tell us how bad it is, you mm-hmm. know, because that, that's the only way we're going to improve it. Right. And, um, and, and people were good and, and, and people were, were honest. And, and we, you know, we talked to a lot of people in the industry as well. We became friends with a lot of people. And, and I mean, what, what better, um, what better feedback than, than from folks that, that had been where we were and, and had become successful. So uh, we were very, very fortunate to have the, the ears that we did. So I'm kind of also curious as to uh, how the company handled the last 15 plus months or so. I mean, I know I personally uh, went there a couple times and, you know, uh, an incredibly smooth operation that you guys had going there. So it was incredibly impressive. Uh, but Thank I'm, you. Cu- you know, behind the scenes, I'm kind of curious as to to how you guys sort of manage that. When the news first kind of came down about this thing, we're like, oh, shit, what are we going to do here? Like in our biggest fear, and it really like, I mean, we weren't sleeping about it because we really had no direction. It was like, all right, are we going to still be able to produce beer and sell it even to go? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if as long as we could do that, we kind of said to ourselves, all right, we're good. If we have if all of a sudden our revenue stream gets cut off and we're not able to pay our bills. Well, guess what? Show's over. Um, but we um, we got some news early on from from um, state local government that we were to be considered a, an essential business and once we knew that it was like all right we you know we live to fight another day so uh and then it was like a whole other host of other problems so we were we were putting out a certain amount of beer every week and people were coming out in droves like stock stocking up and and it, it was like we'd sell out in an hour or two and we're like yep. oh man what do we yep. do now so yeah. um so we had to increase our production a little bit and shift things shift the way we were producing beer you know more beer to be packaged in cans less kegs obviously um because that um avenue had had kind of dried up so Mm. uh that was the biggest thing um but like i said once we knew that and it was like all right well we would follow just whatever direction we were receiving from from the government from from uh from the town you know what do we need to do what's going to be the, the most efficient safest way to keep both ourselves safe um uh, and, and our customers, you know, to, to still get our products in their hands and, and let them enjoy it at home. So uh, I think we did a pretty decent job. Um, listen, I'm sure we could always do things a little bit better. Um, you know, we kind of stuck to our guns a little bit. We said that, um, you know, we were not going to open up at limited capacity and, and at, you know, different with different restrictions. And it just it, it for us, it was going to be much more difficult. Um, you know, people would come and they'd grab our product to go and they'd leave with smile on their face and and that to us was so important um we didn't want to 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 um kind of screw up the experience that they were accustomed to having when they they came to us because because you know in addition to the beer it's it's really about that taproom experience and uh we wanted to make sure that 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 we weren't sacrificing that so you know we had a few people along the way some detractors that were just like well i can't believe you didn't open and you know this one's open and that one's open but it's what worked for us and um yeah we probably sold less than we 
probably could have, but it was the right thing to do. And we, we still believe that. Um, I mean, like I said, it was one of those things where you, when you show up, the line was orderly, the, the touchless system you guys had was awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was just boom, boom, boom. Everything was quick. It was great. So nicely done. And thank you. It's, uh, thank, thank you. Yeah, it's appreciated. Uh, another thing I'm kind of curious about is, is marketing for the company. So just in general, yeah. given yeah. the the word of mouth nature of beer and of brewing, um, I mean, do you even have, uh, say, a marketing budget specifically uh, that you have set up, say, beyond merchandise? I mean, in your no, mind, I how, mean, how, how, yeah, how does how does vitamin C stand out amongst the roughly, I don't know, 612 other breweries in the uh, southern Massachusetts area? I, I mean, I don't know that we stand out. Um, I, I just, you know, I, with us, I mean, we kind of. Um, got the word out early when we were still home brewing, like that we were going to, you know, become a brewery and we were going to, you know, go pro, if you will. Uh, and it was so important and it was free, right? Like um, to a point, um, you know, mm-hmm. we gave out a lot of, of, of merch uh, in the early days and stickers, pins, whatever it was, wherever we go, festivals, wherever, you know, um, t- t-shirts, hats, um, but we we um, we use utilize social media as much as possible. And, and listen, like the the blueprint was already written, right? I mean, there were so many amazing amazing breweries that had come before, uh, and we kind of saw how how they were doing things, and and we took a little bit from everybody, um, and just kind of made it our own. Um, and I think we've done a pretty decent job, you know. You know, nice photography. Um, I mean, people love it. Uh, clamoring for something new so we try to keep it fresh and and uh, always have fun things to to uh to to have uh so you know let's talk about beer um just because you know that's the reason we're here i'm personally a big fan of a few uh beach fire stories thoroughly enjoyed that the sour pipe guava uh the black is beautiful collab with brockton beer company was fantastic Mm -hmm. and then today thank you Today, I'm on uh, Instagram, Stamos on Drums, the collab with Mass Landing. Look, I'm going to drink that beer just because the name of the beer is unbelievable. And that the artwork on the can, like, that's the kind of thing I'm going to keep <laughs> and hold yeah, on to that, that was, So that was, that was actually the second iteration of that. that is was that a, right? To, to be honest, that was... That was the release um, that Mass Lanny did up in Maine. Okay. Um, so, we'll, well, hopefully, we'll have to do that one at some point on, on our um, down at our place. Oh, we'll have to have him come down. But we, um, this, this was, um, yeah, originally it was Stamos on drums, and then now this was Stamos on drums and guitar. So, okay. uh, they they really upped the game. <laughs> they upped the game with this one. So, yeah, oh, it's awesome. it's great too. We uh we they they uh they got us some and uh, we've been enjoying it. I see that it's making the rounds down here, which is really cool. Yeah, very nice. So in terms of beer, I'm kind of curious what you consider uh, the flagship beer for vitamin C. Boy, um, you know, we really don't have one. Um, we originally, I think when this whole thing was just an idea, we thought we would do that. And we kind of just look back and said, you know what? I don't know. I mean, if, if we have that same flagship beer every week, then the person that comes in and enjoys it this week, you know, might not come back next week and and um because they might they might not have liked it or maybe they still have some in their fridge or whatever Mm -hmm. uh we said but if we keep changing the beers every week well now we kind of keep it fresh and exciting and you know different people get have their different favorites so they kind of go through the cycle and see which ones that they they really like and and uh 
or that maybe they haven't had yet. And uh, we've really stuck to that. And I think that's, that's, um, it's been well received. Um, you know, it's unfortunate or well, fortunate, but we do do a lot of collabs. Uh, so we don't get to go through our core beers as often as we'd like. Um, but when they do come out, people seem to, to really, um, you know, come out and grab them. Yeah. So spinning back on the collabs, I mean, it's obviously something that mm -hmm. you guys have done for, uh, you know, since the beginning, really. And I'm, I'm yep. kind of curious as to, um, you know, the thought process behind that. I mean, I assume that you're approached constantly um, to do collabs. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. if there's a certain process that you guys use to sort of sift through, you know, who you decide you're going to work with. Is there, is there a, you know, specific reasons that you're working with, with each uh, different brewery? The collab is more than just about the beer itself. You know, we've got a lot of friends in the industry, people that we've, you know, times, uh, and and then obviously friends locally as well. And and um, you know, a collab makes sense if it's if there's if there's a friendship behind there, and we know that we enjoy spending time with these people. Um, and you know, it's for us, it's a day to get together and break bread and 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 you know, create memories and and you know, have some fun stories and, and, uh, and have a great time doing it. And then I think that the, the, the end product, um, is a result of, of that friendship, right? Like it's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's, it's the, the fruit of, of that. Um, you know, we get asked a lot by people, um, and it just, it needs to make sense. Right. Um, you know, sometimes we do it because of, uh, a geographical thing. Like there's an area that we want to kind of get our name out in and we do it for that. So if we have friends down there, then, then we would do it with that. I mean, we're really not opposed um, to doing collabs. It just it's it's all depends on you know if it makes sense to um, to do them. You know, and and then obviously you know with the schedules being the way they are, um, we can only get so many done in a certain time frame. Um, but um, but yeah, we enjoy doing them, and, and it gives us a chance to get together with friends and and uh, and and spend some time. Which after the past year is 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 a welcome, a welcome thing. Um, so a handful of uh, listener submissions, and I hope you'll bear with me. So first and foremost, yeah. my, my friend Pat has submitted a question. So thanks, Pat. Uh, how do you maintain quality control? Pretty vague question on Pat's part, but I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty useful. And I'm kind of curious myself. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, I mean, we're still a small brewery, so we don't have uh, a lot of the different testing equipment um, that some of the bigger folks do, but uh, we, we know our processes, we've, we've, we've always tried to handle the way we produce our beer and package our beer as though we were bigger than what we were. So even when we were home brewing, we were always concerned about certain things to make sure that we were doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think just following, you know, having a good set of rules and, and, and processes, and following those uh, religiously, I think, is, is the biggest thing that we can do. Uh, and just constantly testing a product, um, you know, whether it's taste testing or, or different, different uh, variables that we can, we can check with the, the, the rudimentary system that we do have and, um, you know, utilizing other folks' equipment. Um, that seems to, seems to work pretty well. Another one from um... – <laughs> Listener Jeff, who claims to be a uh, top fan on the Vitamin C Facebook page, so uh, I don't think you know him. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, any plans for a uh, longer? I didn't know we had a Facebook fan page. Oh, apparently. No, just... <laughs> no. Wow. Uh, any Jeff, plans for a larger uh, location uh, in the future? 
I don't know. I mean, we kind of have said we only want to get so big. Um, we're not there yet. Uh, we we want to increase, but we want to, you know, kind of organically grow, let the market dictate when we should add more tanks and when we should grow. Um, but with that being said, I think you'll probably see, um, you know, maybe opportunities for other uh, venues to, to, to pour our beer, you know, whether it be like a seasonal thing, beer garden, or, you know, maybe an additional tap room somewhere. Um, there's things, things, things like that, that I could see happening at some point. Yeah, that'd be great. And then this one is completely non-beer related. Another listener, Maddie wants to know, uh, who's your, who or what is your favorite band? Matt? Who, what is my favorite band? Boy, that's a good question. And anybody that comes to the tap room knows that we're always playing reggae music. Um, right. So that's, you know, kind of what I like to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm loving the elevators. Obviously, we, we did a beer with those guys last year and mm -hmm. they're a local band to the South Shore. Um, they're one of the top reggae acts now in the States. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really digging those guys a lot. Those guys, Stick Figure is another one. Um, a lot of the old Roots reggae too, I love. So a couple other questions, obviously just kind of circling back to uh, the Commonwealth opening things up May 29th. So uh, I'm wondering if vitamin C has anything planned to mark the full reopening of the business um, on that particular weekend. Uh, well, we haven't announced anything yet. So, uh, but the fact that the, um, that everything's being lifted on the 29th, that that's uh, bodes really, really well for uh, us getting back open. So yeah. we, um, we got a lot of work to do between now and then, but um, I would expect an announcement real soon. Oh, nice. I'm okay. smiling. So something, something good <laughs> must be happening. Great, great. And sort of in a, in a similar vein, the like Zane Lamprey, who's done uh, three sheets and that, you know, which is a show I thoroughly enjoyed. I know he's doing uh, yep. a brewery tour and I know he's doing a brewery tour at vitamin C. I've always liked that guy. So I was just wondering if, um, you know, how that came together and, and what, you know, if anything is, is sort of, uh, you know, planned for that event. So again, I think, you know, power of social media, we followed him, he followed us and we would interact and it was just kind of like one of these things like, Hey, we're going to be coming through you, you know, would you like your place to be one of the stops? I mean, we were a big fans of, of, of his back in the day from the three sheets days. Mm -hmm. And um, he's a great guy. Um, we're excited to, to spend some time with him. Um, you know, he certainly enjoys our beer and, and that, that, that really helps. So that'll be fun. Um, we're excited for that later this fall. So yeah. it'll be, it's the first time we've ever done something like that. So we'll see how that goes. And, and, um, and if that, if it, if it goes well, then, then we'll, we'll look at, uh, maybe incorporating more, uh, things like that, uh, into the schedule. I mean, tickets win pretty quick. So I would imagine that, uh, oh, yeah. a, I, I didn't even get one. Out. I hope I can get in. I mean, I, I tried for VIP tickets and I, and I didn't get them. So, um, you know, I, I we'll see. Um, Tough ticket. Oh, very. But I didn't, you know. I, who knew he still had it. I didn't know he still had it. <laughs> I thought he was washed up, but I think actually, I think his wife has more Instagram followers than he does at this point. So it just goes to show you how, how many cat people there are. That, yeah. I'm one of them. So, you know, that a yeah. big fan, big fan of her page. So that's awesome. So another question that I had, and I'm kind of curious, you know, why, why is there not a vitamin C store online that I can buy uh, your merch? You, I get that question a lot. I um, would imagine so. Uh, uh, yeah, honestly, I mean, 
we go through an enormous amount of merch uh, on every any given weekend and logistically it would be a nightmare for us to try to keep up with mm-hmm. um, all the different styles and and well, that's the other thing we're always rotating yeah products constantly um, and you know and part of it we, we really you know we like to have people come to to experience it and mm-hmm. and find something there um that is a memory for them rather than just you know buying something online that you know they they they've, ne- they've never really even experienced it maybe they've had the beer or something but um i mean first and foremost um it would be a lot of work to do it. it's not to say that we won't do it at some point but we have other things that we need to to conquer first. I mean, that's that's really like you go to Disney. You got to go to Disney World to buy the Mickey Mouse ears, right? <laughs> I mean, it's very similar. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. So, lastly, and this is kind of a a loaded question, really, but my doing my exhaustive oh, research, funny. I've uh, you know I, I've read and I've heard you say that uh, vitamin C isn't you know, strictly about, uh, making money per se, but, um, obviously it is, otherwise you wouldn't really be doing it, but I'm curious as to what drives you and your team. Like, is it recognition in the industry? Is it having that ravenous supporter base or is it literally the, the simple answer of, of having to making a living doing something that you enjoy? It's a passion project. Yeah. I mean, I think we've proven, you know, we'll, we've taken some flack for, for pricing on our bottles. But if you if you look at the industry as a whole and you see where we are uh, compared to our peers and, and, and others, I mean, we're on the lower end. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you look at our, I think if you look at our can prices, we've been able to keep those down as well, mm-hmm. uh, comparatively. So yep. it's it's certainly not about all about the money type of thing. Um, I think we proved that also by putting safety in front of, uh, you know, making every last buck during the last you know year plus. Um, again, I told you we we only want to get so big, and and I think that's because to us, family is very very important. Um, I'm I'm an old man in this game. Um, I'm going to be 50 this year and, you know, having us having young kids at home and having to spend as much time as we do away from them. Um, it's a strain. And, um, my, my partners are, are in the same boat. Um, we all have children. We don't get to, um, we don't get to spend as much time with them as we like. It's more important to, to, but right now that's like our one day we get to spend with our families. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't understand how people don't understand that, but, um, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's beer. Um, there's more things going on in the world than, but yeah, I, 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 I just, I, I think there's that, that quality of life is, is so, so important. I hope that never changes for us. Being honestly, like you said, it's, uh, there's, there's more important things in life than just beer. So, uh, love that answer. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So as I said, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Listen, we've gone almost a a half hour, a whole half hour, close, close to it, about 25 minutes or so. So hopefully I haven't, yeah, exactly. Hopefully I haven't wasted your time. Uh, But Dino, honestly, uh, this has been awesome. No, never, never. (laughs) Well, we haven't met. So as soon as we actually meet, then you'll probably change your entire tune. But that's not- Yeah, you gotta like come introduce yourself next time you're in. I most certainly will. I'll find you. Don't you worry about it. No, please. I mean, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm, you know, 
people always like, oh, I don't want to say, you didn't want to come say hi, but I mean, why, you know? Just, just a guy, <laughs> you know? There you go. Yeah, I'm sure the feeling's absolutely mutual. Uh, but listen, yeah. right. <laughs> I will absolutely find you the next yeah, time in there. Yeah. I might pop in and see how things are going. But listen, Dino, thank you so much for taking the time. It means a lot and I appreciate it. And I will absolutely hunt you down the next time I'm there. Thanks so much. You have a great night. My pleasure, David. I really appreciate you asking me to be on. I um, appreciate all the support. And uh, and we, we can't wait to see everybody again. So thank you. That wasn't so bad, right? I didn't think so. Uh, I, I did some, some editing uh, where most of the uh sound issues were were able to be removed or mixed and moved around until the very end so all the nice things that he said <laughs> uh came out very choppy but um <clears throat> i enjoyed it so thank you so much dino and please if you happen to be listening to this and you've never uh been to vitamin c the 29th of may uh the reopening uh, you're going to see an announcement soon. Uh, when that does come up, I'm going to share it on all of my platforms because I want as many people as possible to visit uh, that location and just see how cool it is. It is a very brewery vibe. So if you like breweries in general, you're going to like vitamin C. If you like beer, you're going to love vitamin C. Uh, their New England IPAs are excellent. As I mentioned, I was a big fan of uh, a handful of of beers, their sours are dynamite. And um, so <clears throat> please check them out. South Weymouth, Massachusetts. Um, you know what I should have done? But, you know, being a stupid person, uh, I wouldn't have thought of this ahead of time. Was, you know, having all the various information that I would need at my fingertips. Nope. I'm a moron. Um, <clears throat> vitamin C brewing 30 more road, M O O R E more road, like Nick Moore. Remember that guy who, uh, shit on an old lady that was on my show. Yep. Very same spelling on that same, um, Weymouth mass <clears> Oh, <throat> two, one, eight, nine. It's more, it's South ish Weymouth, but not really. So I guess they call it Weymouth. Uh, they are open 12 to eight Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So my guess is that next Saturday they'll have something. Uh, I also mentioned the Zane Lamprey tour. If you're not familiar with Zane Lamprey, uh, three sheets, drinking made easy. Uh, awesome shows. He is doing uh, a stand-up tour this year, and one of his stops is going to be at Vitamin C. Good luck getting tickets because uh, I tried like hell. Couldn't get them. Couldn't fucking get them. Uh, he's on Instagram. His wife, Mel, also on Instagram. Uh, she loves cats. They both love cats, which is another reason why I love them both. They foster, like, disabled cats. It's like the sweetest fucking thing on earth. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, Vitamin C Brewing, please, check them out. I implore you. Uh, what else did I want to talk about today? That's a couple of things, okay? First, the merch store, right? Bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. Bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. Um, I have some merch up there, and I, I would like you to go and buy one. 
for no other reason than saying, Dave, I bought a shirt of your show. They go, wow, that's, that's so cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now tell your friends. But um, tying that in, I need a graphic designer. Do you know anybody who's like a, a like a, a burgeoning graphic designer, somebody who could, um, you know, spend a half hour with me discussing T-shirt ideas or or sticker ideas or logo ideas, shit like that. You know, my logo I paid fifteen bucks for, and it's blah. But whatever, it was. It's gotten me by. Can't really complain that much, but. Um, yeah, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be fun. Uh, one of the, and this just popped into my head, but one of the questions that I, I asked uh, Dino about was, uh, collaborations with other breweries. And I had written down in my notes, Hey, ever thought about, you know, collaborating with a shitty podcast? And I was like, yeah, do I want to ask that? That's a little, it's a little tacky. Um, and then, you know, with the connection issues, uh, again, I, I didn't want to, I, I, I was hoping to just kind of keep it to the questions that I wanted to ask, and that was a cheesy one, so I, it, it, it got cut. But if I ever do a beer, if I ever get lucky enough to collab with vitamin C with anybody, or if I just happen to make another beer, uh, homebrew beer, which I've done I did that once, and boy, was that stuff bad. But I drank all of it out of pure spite for myself. Um, it would be called hashtag tell your friends. A coffee stone, hashtag tell your friends. That's what it would be. So there you go. Uh, Dino, if you if for some ungodly reason you happen to be listening to this, uh, that's a free idea. There you go. Um, but yeah, so hope you enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah. All right. So as it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. Yay. Three gripes. <sighs> yeah. No, not really. Uh, gripe number one, this one comes from my dearest mother. Uh, on Saturday, my wife, my mother, and myself ventured out to Brimfield, Massachusetts for the first installment of the annual uh, Brimfield Antique Fair. I think that's the actual word for it. Um, it was about one-tenth full. So it was a bit of a downer. Uh, there was a couple of things that I saw uh, that were just fucking unbelievable. Like, <laughs> just terrible things that I find at this place every year. Which is part of the reason I go, is to see some of the terrible shit. But anyway, that's not even the point. Uh, on the way, the topic of coffee came up. Okay? And my mother and I were talking, and... Uh, my darling wife was in the back seat, fast asleep. And I think once the discussion started, uh, she perked up. No pun intended. Well, maybe pun intended, right? Perked coffee. <laughs> That's a Tom Bagley joke. Um, anyway, 
my mother said she, you know, she was complaining about the cost of an iced coffee, a small iced coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. It was two dollars and seventy-seven cents, which is outrageous in and of itself. Okay, two dollars and seventy-seven cents for old coffee that's three quarters ice in a plastic cup. That is like a five hundred percent fucking margin. Ridiculous. That's a conversation for another story. That's a conversation for another story, David? That's a conversation for another day. How Dunkin' Donuts dropped the donuts became Dunkin'. Dunkin' what? What? No. No. They spend so much time on superfluous bullshit at Dunkin' Donuts. That the coffee sucks ballsack. I'm sorry. Dunkin' Donuts coffee is fucking shit. And that was the point of my discussion with my mother is, oh, I can't stand Dunkin' Donuts. It sucks. And I said, I'm a honeydew guy. Big honeydew coffee fan. If you're from around here, where I am, Southern Mass, you know uh, about honeydew. You know what the deal is. It's the... Uh, the, 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 the little stepbrother to Dunkin' Donuts on a small, tiny regional scale. My mother said, I like Honeydew, but I hate going there. I was like, okay, piqued my interest. Well, why? The girls in the drive-thru were always calling me honey, sweetie, darling, I can't stand that. It drives me crazy. So, whoa, that was my belly. If that, if the microphone picked that up, whew, I doubt it's a shitty mic. Um, but my mother was adamant that she did not like to be called any of those words, and I said, "So you're, you're not gonna go there." And get something that you like, because these people are trying to be polite. And honestly, this turned into a solid 10-minute conversation, probably more, because my, my wife chimed in with, well, that's how she, that's what she wants, that's how she feels, David, you can't tell her how to feel. Like, All right, yep, I get it, I understand I can't tell her how she's supposed to react to that. But I'm just telling her how fucking petty that is. But, boy. You know, when you get called those things, honey, sweetie, darling, you, you know, most people just ignore it. My mother? Nope. Can't. She can't ignore it. So she goes out of her way to not get honeydew coffee because of the off chance that she might be called sweetie. <laughs> it's unreal it is unreal my complaining uh, uh, gene comes directly from my mother and my mother's side gripe number two aging rock stars <clears throat> so I had mentioned I'm pretty sure I mentioned uh, tickets for Genesis Phil Collins the other two guys Genesis went on sale about a month ago, it was 800 and something dollars plus fees to sit on the floor. It's like, you're going to be fucking 
out of your goddamn mind. Rock and roll as a whole, the genre has gotten so thin now that you have 73-year-old Alice Cooper going on tour this year. And he's touring, you know, major outdoor amphitheaters. And I got an email the other day. Hey, the Alice Cooper presale is going on now. And I think, oh, all right, Alice Cooper, check this out. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I don't know, 40 to 50 bucks, right? Uh-uh. So if you're familiar with uh, Great Woods, Tweeter Center, um, Xfinity Center, Whatever the fuck they're called. I'm banned for life, by the way, from Great Woods. Banned. That's another That's another story for another story. Um, <clears throat> so I check it out, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper wants 85 bucks to sit in the, you know, front couple sections. What? Now, look, I, I understand that the last year hasn't been good for any of you. But if you expect me to plunk down $85 to see a 73-year-old Alice Cooper, who I thoroughly enjoy, I uh, Alice Cooper, the person, is a fascinating man. He really, really is. Very, very interesting guy. But again, he's 73. And I don't need... I don't need... Uh, Alice Cooper coming out in his uh, leather getup with his riding crop and his, in, in, you know, slapping himself with his riding crop, singing uh, "Feed My Frankenstein" for eighty-five bucks. You would think that the rock and roll community, which is, uh, which is a, uh, it's an interesting subject. One that I'm going to be touching on uh, multiple times here in the in the coming weeks and months of the show, reaching out to a ton of local bands. First local band on the show, however, will be The Quiet Violent. So that'll be in a couple weeks. Looking forward to that. That should be good. But you would think that the rock and roll community would would gather around and say, Guys and gals, let's try... Ooh, boy, that was stupid, David. Guys and gals? Ugh, man. Folks, that's not much better. Uh, hey, you. Let's keep the prices down to welcome people back to the buildings. Wouldn't that make some sense? Like Genesis, look, if if Phil Collins wants to charge 800 bucks to see him so that people can watch his son play the drums while Phil sits in a stool, fine. Have at it, buddy. I'm not going to pay it, and I'm guessing I'm not the only one. But, uh, yeah. And then I'm seeing uh, like 311 is touring. Corn was stained as an opener, which slap in the face, the stained. Corn. Corn hasn't been relevant since, I don't know, 99. 
maybe maybe 2001 2002 gross uh but this is the crap that we're getting this is what's passing for rock and roll these days so you know i'm gonna be that grouchy grumpy old man i remember back in my day rock bands blah 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 Grape number three, electric bills. <clears throat> so as you um, are aware, maybe you're not aware, but my wife and I, uh, well, my wife bought a house uh, back in September, and ever since then, it has been a goddamn uh, battle to keep the electric bill down. And this has to be a, a, an adult thing, because this is not something that I ever gave two shits about when I lived in an apartment, even if I had my own electricity, I had to pay the own, my own electricity. I never really gave too much fucking thought to it. I just showed up. I paid it. But man, that first one that I got, I almost shit myself. I think you got to be fucking kidding me. Now look, it's a decent sized house. So we've managed to, to figure them some things out and, uh, turn this off, turn these on, and we get it down to a manageable spot, okay? Well, now we have this godforsaken pool in the backyard running that fucking filter 12 hours a day. We asked the pool people, hey, how long should we keep the filter on for? Well, <laughs> ideally, uh, all day, every day. Like, what? No, fuck off, man. Are you paying the bill? No fucking way. If you make a joke, if you make a joke to pool people about how much you hate the pool, and then be like, hey, you know, what do you guys charge to fill it in? The fucking song and dance that you get from them is unbelievable. Oh, it'll cost you so much more to fill in. Like, Will it? Will it really? No, I doubt it. A one-time payment of whatever versus year after year after year of maintenance, electricity, chemicals, time, effort, bullshit, fuck pools, man. I'm going to be in that pool so often this year only because, only because I'm paying the fucking electric bill for the goddamn filter and I'm spending way too much time skimming the fuck out of this thing. It's constantly skimming, skim, 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 bugs. What are we doing, Bugs? Why are you jumping in my pool? Like, you can fly. Don't go in the fucking pool. Not to mention electric companies. The dictionary definition of monopolies. I don't have a choice of who my... of where my electricity comes from. I can pick the uh, service company, which is another scam. Uh, but I, man, do I feel like an old prick sitting here complaining about the fucking electric bill, huh? How useless is my life and how useless is this program? Ah. I really hoped you liked the fucking interview that I did because the rest of this show has sucked, huh? Whew. Man. Uh, and thankfully, 
that's it. That's the end of the show. Uh, I do appreciate you listening. If you did make it all the way here, I would ask that you go to the Twitter page at complaints. I made it through a whole show without stammering, didn't I? Not, Not quite, but close. Go to the Twitter page at complaints pod. Follow me. Go to Instagram at complaints pod and follow me. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't use. I want to, and I will. I promise I will. You all get to see my beautiful face on YouTube soon. Soon, I promise. Won't let you down. Um, again, the merch store. Bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. There are currently three shirts up there, and I would invite you to uh, to buy one. I make no money off of that. None. It's strictly the satisfaction of seeing you look stupid wearing my fucking stupid logo. Uh, I think that's it. 617 rip them. Give me a call. Leave a voicemail. Complain about something. Your wife, your kids, your job. Literally anything. Complain about complain about this show. Tell me how much it sucks. If I have new listeners and you hate this show, 617-65. Rip them. Call me. Leave a voicemail. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Huh? If you want to be on the show, send me an email. Show mail at complaintsandobservations.com. You can use all the various social media things. Gonna have guests line up. Line? Oh, boy. This is the downside about this program is I can't go back and edit this. I'm gonna have guests lined up for the next few weeks. So very excited to hopefully build something out here. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. That's it. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.